Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. What's up? Happy Thursday. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is Let's Go There, as you heard, with Shira and Ryan. And uh, we've got a lot coming up, including the new trend of friends getting married. Which I didn't even realize that there was this trend. You know, you've always had those friends, or do you have that friend that you feel like you you say, okay, if you if y'all are single by a certain age, <laughs> we're going to get married. Yeah. And my thing is, what's wrong with that? Apparently, there's some, something so wrong with that that we're going to discuss a little bit later. But I have that person in my oh, life. You it's do? you. Well, I okay, yeah. No, well, we have actually said that we're gonna when who knows what happens with our partners. In yes, the future, when we're old, we'll end up living together in like a senior home. That's what I'm saying. That is the thing. So, like, I already have my oh, life and Vanessa partner. Vanessa just said she's coming too. <laughs> we're gonna create. Well, you know, first of all, Vanessa has her own life partner. It's her best friend Ashley. Okay, so she can come too. <laughs> no, actually, there is a trend of people like building like retirement air, like uh, spaces together with their friends. How cool would that now, be? Now that's fun. That sounds like a fun time. I just need my own little area so I can get away from you as soon as that's possible. True. If I need in our to. huge mansion. You know? <laughs> it's like. Our compound. Or we'll just throw you outside. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's going for a walk outside. I'm going outside. Please don't bother Ryan. Uh, so, yes, that trend of friends getting married coming up at 425 p.m. Pacific, 725 p.m. Eastern. Plus, Billie Eilish's boyfriend's problematic past. That's in the T-Report in a moment with Ryan. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden signed a bill to establish Juneteenth as a federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the U.S. The legislation gained momentum in the wake of the police killing of George Floyd last year, but Congress has made little progress on federal police reform. A bill named for Floyd remains pretty much stalled following Republican op- opposition. But here is VP Kamala Harris talking about Juneteenth. So throughout history, Juneteenth has been known by many names. Jubilee Day, Freedom Day, Liberation Day, mm-hmm. Emancipation Day, and today, a national holiday. Yes, amazing stuff. And we'll be talking more about Juneteenth tomorrow, and we'll be talking about some events coming up as well. What's yeah, happening? I do got to say something really quickly. Yes. I feel so conflicted about the idea of <laughs> nine of people of color, specific, well, non-black are people of color having this day off. I find 
find it's it Saturday, to be though, very... Oh, because now they have a day off because it, if it's on a Monday. Yeah, yeah, if it's on a mo- Monday or during the week, they'll have a day off. And for me, I feel so conflicted about it. Maybe we can discuss it when we have our okay. discussion about that'd it. that would be good. Um, but that that's basically my little hot take right now for you. Okay. Yeah, let's get into it tomorrow. Now, there's record-breaking heat... Uh, across the West, expanding into California, specifically the Central Valley and desert regions. So we are, you know, we we are seeing you right now. We know it's hot, so be careful out there. Fires have already been burning in Montana, Arizona, and other states affected by the heat wave. More than 40 million people across the West and Southwest are likely to see temperatures in their area exceed 100 during the next several days. So be careful. And finally, the Supreme Court today decided unanimously that religion basically supersedes the law, at least when it comes to LGBTQ rights. We'll be talking more about this case and what went down with Lambda Legal in uh, in a bit, but right right after this, basically. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? So y'all remember how I said Billie Eilish's uh, new boyfriend was the worst? Uh, Well, he's being called out for racist and homophobic posts from his past. And now he's speaking out. It is time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Matthew Tyler Voice is his name. And he is apologizing for his past use of racist and homophobic language. Sharing the apology on his Instagram story, Michael, uh, no, Matthew was his name, whatever, I don't really care that much. Matthew um, apologized for the offensive words he used on social media in the past. He said this, I want to apologize for the things that I wrote on social media in the past. The language I used was hurtful and irresponsible and I understand how offensive those words are. Whether it was a lyric, a quote, or just me being dumb, it does not matter. He ended it by saying, I take full responsibility and continue to hold myself accountable for my actions. Now, this apology uh, from him comes after fans of Billy found tweets and Facebook posts where he allegedly used offensive language and slurs about black and gay people. And he also allegedly described Adele as British Miss Piggy in 2012. So uh, my thing is, maybe people change, um, but I would not want to date this guy. And he's also 10 years older than Billy. Oh. Which feels a little like a bit of a stretch. Billy is still very young. 19, yeah, 29. I mean, there's a big... What they got in common? Mental and emotional. That's what I'm saying. What do they have in common? I get when you're in your 20s. Like, I mean, when I was 22, I did date someone who was uh, uh, 35. Oh, God. But what did y'all have in common? Um, life, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think uh, so. wanting to have fun in the bedroom. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, going out for good dinners and, uh, you know, fashion and clothing. The only thing y'all have in common <laughs> is the, the need for sex, basically. But I don't know about this guy, and the fans don't know either. Let us know what you think at LGT Show Everywhere on social. We love to have you keep the conversation going. And, honey, I got more tea I'm going to be spilling next hour. Okay, now the Supreme Court, they sided with a Catholic foster care agency and what that means for the LGBTQ plus community. Lambda Legal joins us for that next. We are back and a unanimous Supreme Court ruled today that a Catholic foster care agency in Philadelphia may turn away gay and lesbian couples as clients. And here to share more is Jenny Pfizer, senior counsel at Lambda Legal who co-authored Lambda Legal's Friend of the Court Brief to the Supreme Court in the Fulton against Philadelphia case that was decided today. Thanks for joining us, Jenny. Uh, Great to be with you again. I know. Wow. What a day. How do you feel about what has gone down here? Well, it is a big relief because the Catholic agency was um, asking for a broad religious exemption 
based in the Constitution to just disregard non-discrimination laws, and they did not get that. That's what they asked for in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case a couple of years ago. They did not get it then. They did not get it today. So that's a big relief. Um, the court did decide in uh, Catholic Social Services' favor, but on very narrow grounds that are specific to how Philadelphia wrote its contract. So Philadelphia does now have an opportunity to change the terms in the contract um, to, you know, try to find a better way of enforcing its non-discrimination standards to protect um, children in the foster care system in the city um, and to treat all members of the public and including um, prospective uh, foster parents without any discrimination based on um, being in a same-sex relationship. So this feels like it's like good news adjacent, like barely, <laughs> like because the ACLU said that is actually good news for the LGBTQ equality. Um, and based off of what you're saying, it feels like it is a, a good step. But then it also still feels like it's not the best that we could have done. Like it's not completely what we want, but it, it works for right now. Is that what I'm understanding or am I completely off the rocker here? No, you're not off the rocker. I mean, the reality is this is a very, very conservative Supreme Court. Um, and so this is a matter of uh, maybe to pick an unfortunate metaphor, but um, dodging more serious bullets or more serious decisions. Mm. Um, the, the fact is, this should have been a much easier case for the court. And I think a couple of years ago, before some of the recent appointees, uh, it would have been very straightforward that the city of Philadelphia is doing a public function, hiring agencies to take care of kids. The kids needs must come first, um, and not the religious needs of agencies that want to have a city contract. Uh, but the reality is it is a conservative court, and we've now had a series of decisions where the religious right is disappointed because they're asking for a new, broad right to discriminate, and they're not getting that. So that's really good. It could have been a lot worse. But it is still troubling that the court is so going out of its way to find a way to rule in favor of the religious claimant and against the government that's trying to enforce non-discrimination rules. Mm -hmm. So this is a serious problem we're dealing with as a movement, is, mm -hmm. is this um, deference to religious interests when the people that are paying the price for that are LGBTQ people or other people who are, the t are, who are harmed by some people acting on their religious beliefs, their discriminatory religious beliefs. Yeah, and it seems like it gives ammunition to those fighting to support the LGBTQ plus community. Well, I think the bottom line is that uh, we have some good non-discrimination laws. The court did say those non-discrimination laws that protect LGBT people, um, those, those serve weighty interests, in other words, important interests. But in this particular case, um, the religious entity is entitled to get a contract. That's kind of confusing. So it means that we as a movement need to continue doing the public education and showing that the non-discrimination rules are good, but they're, they're not as complete as they need to be. And the public understanding is not as complete as it needs to be. That, you know, everybody should be entitled to be treated equally by the government. That includes LGBTQ people. Um, and those who want to discriminate, regardless of what the reason is, shouldn't be able to do that when they're acting as an agent of the government. So we have more work ahead. Today was a much better day than it could have been. But and non-discrimination laws are still enforceable. That's critical. But our laws are not complete enough. We need the Equality Act, and we need a better social understanding that 
freedom of religion does not mean, and it can't mean, freedom to discriminate or to otherwise impose burdens on other people for religious reasons. So does this uh, affect any of the foster care programs? Well, this was a foster care program in Philadelphia, and it could affect it, but I think Philadelphia will go back and revise its procedures in light of what the Supreme Court said today. That may be true for other cities and and other public programs, uh, many of which get get, uh, federal money, so federal rules do matter, and the Biden administration has been speaking out uh, strongly and needs to do more to make clear that federal money is not supposed to subsidize discrimination. Um, So I think it will mean some clarifying of rules and that government needs to take special care, extra special care, to treat everybody even-handedly, to not treat anybody worse for religious reasons. Now, to our to our view, that's not what was going on in Philadelphia. This was a rule that required the same uh, non-discrimination practices by everybody, and Catholic Social Services wants a special permission to not follow that rule. But I think Philadelphia will, will address it, and other uh, child welfare programs will need to just look again at all their rules and be clear that the way they um, apply their non-discrimination rules and all their other rules has to be even-handed, uh, no worse treatment, and it shouldn't be any better treatment either, but no worse treatment for organizations uh, because they're acting based on religion. The same rules have to apply the same way to everybody. Uh, well, Jenny Pfizer, thank you so much again for being here for this. And we hope that this doesn't come up now in other states or other cities where they feel like they can do what this Catholic foster care agency did in Philadelphia. Let, let me just say, we will see more of these cases. Yeah. Land Legal is litigating a couple of them right now on behalf of same-sex couples who were turned away when they wanted to provide a good home to kids. And, and the agencies that want the freedom to get public money while discriminating, they're not going away. So this issue is going to be with us for a while, which is why people need to participate if they can, pay attention. Uh, There will be more cases. Uh, Today's decision did not give us answers to all the important questions. Okay. Well, that was Jenny Pfizer, Senior Counsel at Lambda Legal. Thank you so much. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The Supreme Court dismissed the latest challenge to the Affordable Care Act, saying Republican-led states do not have the legal standing to try to upend the law. Here with us to share more is health reporter from The Washington Post, Dan Diamond. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, so give us some more details on all of this and why the Affordable Care Act continues to be attacked. 
Oh, where to begin? Right. The Affordable Care Act continues to be attacked because it was a political victory uh, for Democrats years ago, and Republicans immediately dug in their heels. And ever since then, it has been a campaign rallying cry for Republicans who have increasingly mounted legal challenges that are getting less and less support in the Supreme Court. So the ruling that was announced today was a ruling of 7 2 seven votes uh, basically in, in favor of upholding the Affordable Care Act, or at least getting rid of the argument to, to strike it, which is notable to me. Uh, the first big ruling against the Affordable Care Act, or challenging it back in 2012, it was a much closer decision of 5-4. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting, though, because I think when Donald Trump was obviously trying to make sure the Supreme Court was as conservative as possible, I feel like Republicans are probably really upset with this kind of ruling and seeing that, you know, they're not really doing anything about getting rid of uh, Obamacare, essentially. Is that is that something that we're hearing from the Republican side? Well, I think a lot of Republicans are just in some ways exhausted of this fight, too. Every time there has been an Affordable Care Act attack, it has actually backfired on Republicans. If you look back in 2017 into 2018, House Democrats were able to use that to retake the House. And again, running ads in the lead up to 2020, it was very helpful for Democrats to say that Donald Trump had tried to take away millions of people's health care. So in some ways, the Republicans I talked to in Congress, they're, they're not keen on having this argument out there. I will say that some attorneys general the Republican attorneys generals who brought this this case, they are often ambitious. They want a national profile. And what better way to have a national profile than to bring a lawsuit against this hated law in the conservative base? But if they keep moving, I'm uh, losing. Sorry. <laughs> if they keep losing, then how does it even help them moving forward? That's a great question. I mean, I, I think this case one reason they lost and one reason that Clarence Thomas, of, of all people, the very conservative Clarence Thomas, joined the majority and, and thought that this case didn't have muster was because the argument was seen as pretty thin. And as we get further and further into these legal challenges, kind of the low hanging fruit, the easier arguments have already been made and the arguments are now becoming increasingly technical and esoteric. So that is really interesting. And so what is President Biden and the administration going to do about this moving forward? Well, I I think first they're just excited and relieved that they don't have to worry about coming up with some patchwork to replace the Affordable Care Act. I mean, this this ruling, the fact that it's 7-2 is in some ways relieving because, again, the legal argument was so thin. But had the Affordable Care Act fallen, there would have been a lot of repair work that Congress would have needed to do for all the people who suddenly lost health care uh, coverage. In addition, it's, it, the Affordable Care Act was sweeping. It's not just about people getting covered. It also had all these rules and protections for, say, LGBTQ patients. Right. So the ACA was this big, big mass of legislation. And if it had gone away, that would have been a major challenge for President Biden and his team. I think what we're going to see instead is now even more momentum to say, okay, how can we build on the Affordable Care Act? How can we get coverage to people who didn't get covered through uh, the current programs that are available? And do you think that the pandemic changed minds about it because of how much health care was in need? You tell me. Do you think the pandemic changed people's minds? <laughs> My hope is it did, but who knows? You know, it's like many people are acting like it didn't even happen. 
I think the pandemic did a lot of things for our healthcare system that are going to resonate for a long time. First, it, it changed Americans' perception of different parts of the healthcare system. The pharma industry, drug companies, they were bringing up the rear and Gallup polling that I saw right before the pandemic. Now people do have a somewhat better opinion of the drug companies that have helped bring vaccines to millions of Americans and hospitals and doctors. Their status has rose, uh, risen as well in, in polling. They've also gotten a big capital infusion of, of funding from Congress. So there are a lot of ways that the pandemic has boosted the healthcare industry. I think the pandemic has also revealed the fractures in America and the people who were really vulnerable before the pandemic, the folks in communities of color who, or people who might not have had health insurance, they were the ones who took it on the chin because of coronavirus. So I think it does illustrate why we need to make sure mm -hmm. that the safety net is as strong as possible and picking up everybody, not just uh, people who are, are have the most means. Definitely. That was health reporter for The Washington Post, Dan Diamond. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Coming up, the note this dad wrote to a Karen in his neighborhood that's going viral. That is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, let's talk about another Karen being called Speaking out. Speaking of Karen. Yeah. No. <laughs> so a disappointed dad basically... Um, called out this Karen on Reddit. So this woman lodged a complaint with the Homeowners Association that he's part of, which made him have to tear down a treehouse he built for his sons. What the? Wait, she complained what? because what? the It was like in, in a tree Who and it was knows? blocking her shade. Or, yeah. So, people are so unhappy. Uh, he wrote this on a plastic covered note he pinned to a tree saying, don't worry, you're safe now. Your act of casual cruelty was successful. Uh, and he signed his name Dave. So a photo of the note was posted on Reddit. It went viral on the You Karen and Facepalm subreddits. Um, and so uh, he wrote, the complaint you lodged with the HOA was heard. They made me take down the small tree fort that I built on this location with my sons during the pandemic. No longer will its presence offend your walk past my house. Please enjoy your stroll free from the sound of my children's play and laughter. They are safely back inside now, watching TV, I'm sure. Enjoy the unobstructed view of my backyard. I will try to keep it up to code. HOAs suck, one. Yeah, HOAs are not the best. I I, I know um, my mom, like, we lived in the HOA neighborhood, and they were so particular about everything. Like, everything. I know my mom had to pay, like, fees. Oh, and yeah. then, like, uh, they wanted to do something during, like, the holidays where, like, all the houses had to do, like, Christmas lights. It's not like Candy Cane Lane, but, like, they wanted it to be, like, a whole thing. Yeah, I don't I don't see the purpose. Like, it just feels like HOA is just another way of people being in your business and telling you what to do. I thought you're paying for something that helps you, not makes yeah, your life worse. I know, but it always makes your life worse. It never makes you happier. I once got into a fight with the HOA where I used to live. Because I did park without one of those sign things, like with my parking. Mm. Um, and so I came out, it was like a Sunday night, and I'm like, yeah, sorry, we are here. But you know how hard it is to get those signs? You, they make it hard. Yeah. And how much are you paying for this place? You should have places to park. Anyway, uh, so everyone basically called these this Karen out. And so I guess, one, the lesson is... One, let's fight HOAs. Secondly, <laughs> uh, you know, let's all just move on with our lives the and stop. HOAs. Yeah, stop bothering people. If something is in someone's home, including their own space, let them have that. 
You know, there's worse things in life. It's very true. It's very true. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. And then you're also destroying the happiness of, like, little kids. Are you, like, the Grinch or something? Probably. Or, like, what's the... And Hansel and Gretel, the woman that... Didn't she eat kids? Yeah. The little witch? Maybe that's her. I Ma- thought that she put them in a in an oven. Yeah, she ate them. No. Okay, yeah, you put them in the oven, then you eat them. Okay, yeah. got it. <laughs> Coming up, a troll tried to attack this trans lawmaker, but it backfired. What went down next on What's Trending This Hour? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up, has the pandemic helped Americans finally embrace aging? That would be great, but I know everyone's doing more work right now Back, you know, as we're getting back to work and seeing people. Um, that's in 30 minutes plus. Kim Kardashian is opening up about posting bikini shots on Instagram. That's in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. A troll going by Joe sent Virginia delegate Danica Rome a transphobic message on Twitter. And guess what? It backfired. Uh, Joe wrote, no such thing as transgender, only delusional people with mental disorders. But this time, she didn't just delete it and move on. She wrote Joe a polite response and thanked him, saying, Dear Joe, thank you so much for your message. Not for the message itself, but for your decision to send it to me because I'm going to screenshot our conversation thread here, post it to my Twitter page, and use it to raise money for my re-election campaign. I would tell you to feel free to contribute too, but really, in so many ways, you already have. Look at that. I mean, we love that. Stand your ground, honey, because these people are awful and folks will continue to be awful. And at the end of the day, I'm all for embarrassing folks. And maybe his employer will see this. Please get them fired. Yep. Now, (laughs) Stacey Abrams says absolutely she could support Senator Joe Manchin's voting rights compromise he laid out yesterday. Senator Manchin is putting forward are some basic building blocks that we need to ensure that democracy is accessible no matter your geography. And those provisions that he is setting forth are strong ones that will create a level playing field, will create standards that do not vary from state to state, and I think will ensure that every American has improved access to the right to vote despite the onslaught of state legislation seeking to restrict access to the right to vote. Now, Naomi Osaka withdrew from the Wimbledon Championships today, according to a statement by her team, to take some personal time with uh, friends and family. Osaka, who's a four-time Grand Slam champion, is confirmed to represent Japan in the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. The tennis star withdrew from the French Open in May because of her mental health. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Kim K, you know, is becoming a lawyer. Well, once she becomes a lawyer, will she stop posting her sexy photos? It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Kim Kardashian is giving some of her sexy photos a second thought as she looks toward her future as a lawyer, sharing with Andy Cohen that she's considered a possible conflict between her social media presence and her career. Here is uh, here she is talking a little bit about that. Will you pull back on presenting yourself so suggestively or I sexily? I thought about this. And then I thought, you can do it all. You can do whatever you want. Like when I, I remember going to the White House one time and I was like... I just posted a bikini pic. I hope, you know, they're not looking at my Instagram while I'm, you know, in here. Right. And then I thought, you know what, you got to be you. But I will say that, I don't know, there's something so freeing about feeling like, I'm 40 and I I look, I'm in the best shape of my life and I want to post a bikini studying if I want to. There's something powering about that. But then there's also like, I also want to 
don't want to embarrass, you know, my kids or make them feel away if they're in high school and I'm the embarrassing mom that's like posing, you know, in selfies and in bikinis. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I hate that this is even a question because my thing is, why is her photos uh, subjective of like her career? Like, I think it doesn't matter if you're a sex. What you can be a sexy lawyer, right? Or yeah, do, I think we're it, in a new time <laughs> where I mean, like, we're seeing people cross pollinate to their careers, right? Yeah. So we're, we know them as one thing for the one chapter of their life, and they become another thing in another chapter. And I think we're going to see more and more of this. Whereas, like, our older generations, they had one career their whole life. It's just not the same with younger folks. Yeah, it's it's really not. And I I think things have changed so much that I. I, I'm happy that she's like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, it's important. Um, but that's your tea report. But before we wrap up out of the tea report, I got to tell you, text FRIDGE to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBT Pride Pantry. Rouse and Food for Less are partnering with us and the Los Angeles LGBT Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need. So text FRIDGE, F-R-I-D-G-E, to 20357 to donate. Let's do it. Yes. Now, the separation anxiety that happens for couples who quarantine together and what to to do about it. This uh, rings close to home for me. That's next. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Just like separation anxiety we have from our pets, many are having separation anxiety from their partners after quarantining together. Dr. Amy Doremus joins us right now, a licensed clinical psychologist in Chicago. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Now, is this emotional anxiety the same as codependency or is it different? No, codependency is more of a long-term relationship pattern where you're kind of together because you encourage each other's worst sides. 
kind of the classic example would be two addicts. And part of the reason they're together is because they kind of encourage each other's addiction. So codependency is more of a negative pattern that kind of lasts, whereas this is just a completely normal reaction mm-hmm. to the fact that you've been together so long and you've been through so much together. And now you have to be separated for several hours a day to go to work. Mm. Well, I also thought about this as well. There was a lot of couples that got together in the middle of quarantine or at the beginning of quarantine. And it kind mm-hmm. of felt like a lot of people were just trauma bonding over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I wonder how this kind of how that kind of will play into the separation anxiety, especially if you all bonded over just needing someone to be attached mm-hmm. to during a time that was very difficult for everyone. Mm-hmm. How does that play into this? You know, it should be interesting to find out because, you know, for maybe the first time in our lives, you know, people who got together during the pandemic will have gotten together without as much input from their friends, maybe without as much input from their family. Yeah. Uh, like you said, that might be the only person they have right now. So seeing how that relationship lasts when they're out in the world, meeting each other's friends, each other's family could be interesting. And then, yeah, seeing how well the relationship stands up during times that are better. Definitely. I mean, I experienced that because I met someone during the pandemic. We spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time together and I do feel a bit of that separation anxiety. Like I really want to see him. And then it feels like such a disconnect when I don't, even though it's for a few days. Right. Which is totally normal in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And so what are folks supposed to do about this? What's your advice? So find times to kind of touch base, and, you know, get a little hit of those romance chemicals during the day. Like maybe you're going to, you know, call or have a quick video chat during lunch or take some object with you that mm. reminds you of your partner so that you have something to kind of touch, look at, look at the photos on your phone. So not obsessing, but just accepting that, you know, you might need a little bit of a reminder during the day to help you get through. And then also kind of at the same time, you can be looking for things around you that are anchoring you to where you're at now and how nice it is to be back in the world. Mm. Talking from your favorite coffee shop, somebody you've really been dying to talk to in person. Is this separation anxiety like the ones our pets are going through? I have no idea, but I know I'm going to be going through some bad separation anxiety for my cat. So I can't tell you what she's feeling, but uh, I know I'm going to be feeling it. I think about that in this sense just because it's it's interesting how we we we've had that conversation here on, on the show mm-hmm. about how our the, how our pets are kind of going to be going through that moment. But yes. what about even roommates? What you don't even have to. I feel like you don't even have to be in a relationship if you have a roommate. The separation anxiety may be difficult as well. Yeah, because even when you think about syncing up brain chemicals, not all of those chemicals are romantic or sexual. Some of them are just bonding, Mm -hmm. the way you feel good when you see somebody you like. And then, you know, also having always having them right there. And now you've got to call, wait for them to answer your message or your text. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How how can people be more present in their lives so they're not maybe thinking about what they're missing, who they're missing, or just uh, living in the past, right? The moments that they really enjoyed in the past that they don't have anymore. Honestly, personally, I think the entire point of therapy as a whole is for you to be in the present moment and like it there Mm. a lot more often. So um, in order to, you know, help handle the separation anxiety and anchor yourself, take things with you 
Um, maybe make your favorite foods for lunch or buy your favorite foods for lunch. If you're working during the day, focus on the people you haven't gotten to talk to you that, that you are missing yeah. for a while. Um, you- I was just in my office the other day for the first time in several months, mm-hmm. and I'm looking around and just remembering, you know, how pretty it is, how comfortable the chairs are, stuff like that. Just trying to notice everything about that environment that reminds me what feels good about being there. Oh, yeah. And I also wonder, do you think separation anxiety, um, and especially this time of separating where y'all kind of, a couple could both start living their own personal lives. Do you think this could kind of be eye-opening for them being like, maybe I don't want to be in this relationship anymore? (laughs) I think it's a risk. Mm. Um, It's a total shift. If your whole relationship has been formed or reformed around the demands of a pandemic, just like you said earlier, there could be a little bit of trauma bonding um, you know, other people are now a part of this, um, seeing how you like each other's friends. If you like the same activities outside, you know, it's summer, everything's open up. Do, you know, one of you wants to go to a music festival. The other of you thinks that sounds like hell. Yeah. So, or being around a other people mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, seeing, uh, someone look at your partner. You didn't experience that uh-huh. when you were stuck in quarantine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you so much. That was Dr. Amy Doremus, a licensed clinical psychologist in Chicago. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Coming up, has the pandemic helped Americans finally embrace aging? Well, we are going there next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. There's a nearly $200 billion industry dedicated to filling in our wrinkles and slowing down our aging on the surface. But did our break from these procedures during the pandemic allow us to finally embrace aging? Joining us right now is Desi Carson, the business manager for Psychotherapy, founded by uh, a clinical psychologist. And uh, you also advocate for equitable access to mental health care for people of color and dismantling existing beauty standards. Love all of that and definitely part of this conversation. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So while brands are starting, it seems to embrace different body types and diversity within their marketing and their companies. Why is there still a stigma around perhaps aging and wrinkles? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, As far as stigma goes, I think that there's a big cultural context here that we have to take into consideration. Um, And as far as value that we put on ourselves when it comes to how old we are and what we're doing and our role in society at that point, um, it's more common for people to feel like once you get older, then you're not really doing much to contribute. But that is also along the lines of cultural differences, right? Um, Some cultures, some ethnicity, some identities do not believe that. They feel like older, wiser folks are actually contributing more so to what we're doing. And so the signal around getting older tends to tie into capitalism and our thoughts of what is that person contributing to our economy and to our society? You know, I always wonder how much Hollywood and entertainment and celebrities play into this, the the, <laughs> the stereotypes of all this, right? Especially now where you're seeing yeah. folks like Kate Winslet making headlines for insisting that her wrinkles go untouched, uh, unretouched on posters for her new HBO you know, show. And so how much do you think that really plays into this conversation? Oh, that plays into it so much. I mean, we've seen this with a lot of social justice trends, right? When we feel like a celebrity is making a a breakthrough and representing something different. And it's like, well, there are a lot of us that weren't seen 
seen in that way. And Uh it feels weird to give notoriety for something that a lot of people have been struggling with and continue to struggle with. And it's mostly whiteness uh, being centered. (laughs) You really want to have the conversation. Yes, exactly, exactly. It makes it very hard, and, and it's also hard when it's still in media, it's still not portrayed that way. Right? You can make a post on Instagram, but if you're showing up in a movie, you're going to get touched up. So that makes a big difference in what we see. Yeah, and why does the bias against aging skin have deep roots in American culture specifically? Yeah, I think that it's directly tied to our sick relationship with capitalism and what that has to do with our role in the workforce and also relating to policing bodies and attractiveness and, Mm -hmm. you know, getting past that point of if you're no longer attractive, then maybe you're not doing anything for me. If you're no longer able in your body, then you might not be doing anything for me or our society. And that's really detrimental because we know that older folks bring value and wisdom that we shouldn't ignore. And I think that makes a comment on how we tend to have a a short-term memory when it comes to American history, and therefore we're more likely to repeat those issues going forward. And ageism and our perception of wrinkles is just a super small snippet of that. Well, let's talk about body positivity, because it feels like we kind of need to start redefining or realigning it with uh, in a new way, because it, it... Oftentimes, I think body positivity really means like you're talking about the support and uplifting of bigger bodies um, in in a culture where they're normally not. But how does body positivity Mm -hmm. kind of move the needle when it comes to ageism? And does it even really have a part in it? Oh, absolutely. I think that expanding our view of all things, especially related to social justice, especially related to identity, especially as we're opening our mind to how do we see and understand people better that hold different identities? How do we support them so mental health is taken care of? And when it comes to body positivity, it's easy to think, oh, I'm more accepting of bigger people, of fat people, redefining fatness, but it also includes wrinkles, aging, things that might relate to attractiveness and that we've internalized for ourselves. Because if you think about many women and they hit menopause, right, that is a, that is a psychological change. And body positivity should encompass everything that has to do with our bodies and the changes that go along with it because we can't change our bodies and all we can do is love our bodies. Um, Yeah. And and so how can we all be better at not judging ourselves? I mean, obviously, what's outside of us is a big part of it. We can't deny that. But Mm -hmm. like, if we can't control what's outside, how can we be better at treating ourselves right? Yeah, that's an amazing question. It definitely taps into a lot of the mental health and trauma-informed care work that I do. And and I describe it from my own lived experience. And a quote that I've also been given is that your first thought is not often what you believe. And it's that second thought that really matters. So I might look in the mirror and I'm going to be like, ugh. <laughs> right? But the second thought is like, no, no, wait. I'm pretty. I'm yeah. beautiful. I'm sexy. You know, and it just takes that constant practice, which is no different than trying to change any other thought that's no different than mental health when you're in that bad spiral and you're trying to get on a different off-ramp to not think that when you're trying to unpack tenets of like discrimination and other things that we're trying to understand and accept each other better on we can do that for ourselves by 
checking those thoughts each time they come up and understanding where they really come from. Mm, yeah. yeah. Desi, do you think there's a balance of one being like pro someone wanting plastic surgery, fillers, Botox, all that stuff, but then also understanding <laughs> the, 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 the stigma and the stereotypes and all these things that kind of the negativity of it all as well. Like, is there a balance of being pro this, <laughs> but then also understanding the nuance involved in the conversation? Yes, a hundred percent. And this goes back to self-love, right? And and deciding for ourselves that we deserve, deserve self-love, unconditional love, and then deciding that someone else deserves that unconditional love as well. What we want to do is continue to support people's free choice. And, and there are stigmas around it. But if you think about folks that, let's say, are heavy into Botox and plastic surgery and they might receive a lot of hate, right? They might receive a lot of hate and negativity, and that can fuel more of those decisions and more of that self-hate that might cause them to make those, you know, procedural decisions. But what matters is can we instill self-love in that person, regardless of what decisions they're making about their aesthetic appearance? That's what matters at the core. If someone has a ton of Botox and they don't like themselves, I would much rather pour love onto them. They love themselves as opposed to someone that isn't getting any of that love at all. That's what matters at the end of the day. Ugh. I just got chills wow. from that. Yeah, that's powerful. Desi, what a way to mic drop. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was, Desi, <laughs> that was Desi Carson, the business manager for Psychotherapy. Uh, love that name, by the way. And uh, hope to have you back. <laughs> of course. Have a good one. You too. Now, coming up, Juneteenth sales. Really, how many are calling for brands to support Juneteenth but not capitalize off of Juneteenth? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, of course, President Biden signed the Juneteenth bill making Juneteenth, which celebrates the emancipation of black people once enslaved in the U.S., a federal holiday in the U.S. But uh, a lot of people on social media are thinking about what a Juneteenth holiday actually means for all Americans. And you kind of touched on this earlier, Ryan, especially at businesses that are known to have holiday sales. Now, how appropriate is it to have a Juneteenth holiday sale? Um, it's not because you're asking people to spend well, you're asking black folks to spend their money um, on a holiday when really it, it sh- it's not about capitalism and you really shouldn't be asking them to spend money on your product to fuel your product on a holiday that you probably knew nothing about before last year. And so for me, I think it, it's very um, this time and, and seeing this news and, and also like them making it a national holiday. Like who asked for that? I feel like. And I said this last year, I feel like black and brown folks, specifically black folks, always ask, hey, we just want to not be killed by police. We just want to be respected for our lives. And everyone does anything but. I mean, all of the Congress folks today, Nancy Pelosi and all of them were singing the black national anthem like anyone asked them to do karaoke for that. And then we also like... Um, we're, we're seeing the Juneteenth being a national holiday and it's just like this is so embarrassing like none of y'all are listening to anything and if you want to compare it when we saw everything happening with the, the AAPI community and that, that legislation that was immediately passed that's something that black folks are also asking mm-hmm. for instead of making Juneteenth a holiday for everyone that gets to experience it including non-people of color like white folks like why do y'all get that holiday I'm sorry I don't understand it I do not get it and that makes sense. That's totally valid. I just don't get it. Yep. And, and I don't know how that would work in the sense of like, you know, only giving certain like giving black folks or people of color the days off or whatever that looks like. I'm not in government, so I don't got to figure it out. But I do have an opinion about it. And I think it's stupid. 
Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see as this continues to play out how the country approaches this, right? And there's definitely going to be people that do it in uh, in not the right way. It just feels weird to know that that's a thing. And um, it just also, I think what it is is the country, this country and the administration and all these and politics just does not listen and they do everything else but listen and then they also try to do other things to be like, oh, well, we're doing this, but you're not listening to the critical, like, you're not actively listening to what people and activists in, in the space are saying that they need for you to do it because lives are on the line. Making Juneteenth a national holiday is not going to stop black folks from being killed. I'm dying, yeah. It's not. It's really not. So for me, it's just like, I don't, I don't even know. And then, this is my last point because I know I'm going yeah, to Yeah, I know. Say it. But let's talk about how Republicans are attacking critical race theory. I, oh, yeah. But that's guess what? Totally you can't even. You can't even, one, Juneteenth, they can't even explain why it's a national holiday because it's a part of critical race theory. What in the hell is going on the in this time? hypocrisy of America. I just don't understand it. And so for me, it's just confusing. It's frustrating. And I just don't know what else to really do with it. But please don't ask me to buy no damn mattress on no Juneteenth holiday sale. <laughs> that would be awkward. That's all I'm saying. Let us know what you think at LGT shows where you can find <laughs> us on social media. Coming up, the Biden administration just re-extended federal protections to trans students. More on that next on What's Trending This Hour. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, uh, more on the trend of platonic marriages happening right now and how they work legally. That's in 15 minutes. Plus, we're responding to your DMs at LGT Show. For the tea report. Yes. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Andrew Yang's response to a question about how he would handle mental health during Wednesday's NYC mayoral debate got backlash on social media from people who said it lacked empathy or understanding. Yes, mentally ill people have rights, but you know who else have rights? We do. The people and families of the city. We have the right to walk the street and not fear for our safety because a mentally ill person is going to lash out at us. Yikes. I mean, my thing is, when I first saw this clip and I watched that clip and then I watched the whole clip in context, and my thing is, Andrew Yang is, like, really bad at this. It seems like he's not even trying to get elected at this point. Because to say that about mental health, um... (laughs) This is, like, the thing the person in your family or friend who isn't getting it, doesn't understand nuanced conversations, like, needs some help in terms of kind of evolving says when they've like drank a bunch at a dinner right or like maybe smoked some weed you don't do this on the news during a debate when you're running for mayor in in public office yes 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 like yeah like who's preparing him for this type of stuff for his talking points well my thing is it's so unfortunate that he said that on such a, a, a big platform as the mayoral debate for New York City is because he is just reinforcing awful thoughts and stereotypes when it comes to mental illness and um I just don't think he really has a plan of action a lot with a lot of honestly his political career it, it feels like he's 
he's had way too many flub ups for it to be like him in his campaign. It, it's also he feels it seems like he's very angry and also a bit defensive. Like yeah. he's not he's not having enjoying himself. Not at all. Uh, now, yesterday, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona announced that the Department of Education will once again include protections for sexual orientation and gender identity. The Education Department's announcement will not actually change how allegations of discrimination against transgender students will be reported and investigated, but gives guidance to local schools for what the federal government will and won't allow funds to be used towards. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so I was going to do a T-Report story, but y'all really, really enjoyed that last four-minute conversation and hit us up on LGT Show, where we were talking about capitalism and Juneteenth. And and also, I was giving my thoughts on how I think Juneteenth should basically really be celebrated. Um, And we got a listener response at LGT Show, because, honey, we love when y'all keep the conversation going Mm -hmm. for us. Um, And someone said, their name is Sharon, but that's all I'm going to give, said that, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have, I'm going to have to... I'm going to half and half agree with Ryan on this one. I know there is an issue in schools and what they are teaching now, but I grew up in Texas, have been uh, to Galveston and find it appalling. Kids aren't being taught that the Civil War was about slavery because they apparently aren't anymore. But I was, um, but I was. I grew up knowing not only Juneteenth, but Cinco de Mayo as well. They also said, also, I am white, but my great grandfather was black and married uh, my grandmother in a time in the 20s when I wasn't talked about our accepted so to say only black our our poc should get the holiday off it came to to that is not right to me i agree i may have the minority but i just know that all of us are educated they do agree, however, that capitalism should uh, should not be profit off of it and that, that there has to be some steps in, um, you know, history and, and educating more people. And they think the, the president is taking the right steps in the right direction. So a couple here things. Thank you so much, Sharon, for responding. Yeah. We love that. Um, I think that I... It is appalling to know that there's schools that are not teaching this, especially now that, you know, across the country people are banning critical race theory but I have to say I'm gonna kind of you know come back at you in a little you know in a beautiful but friendly loving way way. honey you said you was white and just because you had a black grandfather does not necessarily mean (laughs) that you are a person of color now there are people of color probably in your family just because of bloodline and all these things but I, I do think it is still awkward um, to know that this holiday that no one knew anything about and only the reason why we know about it is because of everything that racial awake- awakening that this country went through last year because of someone dying that now everyone gets to experience a, a federal day off because it's, a, it's a, a national holiday at this point. And my thing is, if... If black folks are off and maybe there's some educational things that are happening for either non-people of color or people who are wanting to dive in more into finding out more information on racial issues, cool, do that. But it just feels still weird to me that everyone gets to have this moment when they had no clue what Juneteenth was. Well, just because it's a national holiday doesn't mean like everyone's having this moment. I think it's about more like saying like there are certain national holidays that you don't go happy this. But it's a federal holiday, isn't it? But yeah, but more Which you means say, you get off. But, but more you say, like we're honoring those who this impacts, and I think that's how we got to look at. But it. that also feels performative, just like Martin Luther King Day, where everyone just uh, uses a quote and caption of a a beautiful MLK quote, and then they expect that's their that's their due diligence of being a, like an amazing racial well, ally. Yeah, listen, I don't think we have figured it out. I think that 
we're going to see as it, it happens yeah. how we deal with it and how we best you know, look at it. Well, we got to wrap up here, but all I got to say is, Sharon, shout out to you, honey. Um, you DM'd us, and I'm going to personally respond to you because I thank you so much for listening. And everyone else, if you want to keep the conversation going, at LGT Show, honey, we got more show for you. Okay, coming up, friends are saying I do, but do they understand the legal risks of their platonic marriages? We look at that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The New York Times recently reported that friends are starting to marry in a platonic fashion, swearing never to leave each other for better or for worse. But what does that even mean legally? Now, Sika Palazzo joins us right now, a postdoctoral fellow in comparative law at Hebrew University, and she specializes in the regulation of intimate relationships. Thanks for being here. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. So what is your take on this new trend? Is it here to stay? Uh, it probably dates back in the sense that friends have married in the past. We're just knowing it now because they're, you know, coming out of the closet and said it, saying it out loud. We are getting married as friends. The problem is that I have addressed in my article that they might incur in criminal sanctions and civil penalties because friends are not, uh, do not align, let's say, with the marital norm. Well, that's the thing, right? I feel like we're in a place and in, in, as in, as we evolve as society that marriage doesn't have to necessarily be what we, we thought of it at one point traditionally. So why are we so um, caught up on defining marriage to be this traditional thing where two people have to be in love and, and, and we're kind of like saying like, oh, platonic marriages shouldn't really exist. Are we? There's legal risk to it. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, so the Supreme Court has implicitly answered this question in Obergefell because, you know, Obergefell had an opportunity to kind of rethink marital norm, but it confirms all these norms in, the, in that decision because it's, uh, it talks about a couple that is stable, that is committed, that aims to have children, that it's very also sexually exclusive, so traditional in many ways. So we didn't rethink marital norms so far. So frankly, it's a great opportunity to do so. However, I think that uh, marriage is not the best vehicle to recognize friends. Mm. So I think that the state should introduce registration schemes such as civil unions or domestic partnerships as uh, some municipalities are doing, uh, such as in Cambridge, Somerville, uh, when now they're starting to recognize polyamorous relationships or more than two partners. So do you think that the pressure will be on this to be approved federally, or will we continue to push this on a more state-by-state level to get legal recognition of non-conjugal couples? So there are already several registration schemes where two friends can register. We don't know that because it's not like advertised. But if you look at the law in uh, Maine, for instance, there is this uh, domestic partnership where uh, any two individuals, except within some specified degrees of consanguinity, that's what the law says, they can register and gain many benefits. The same applies to Maryland, the same applies to D.C., so there are already laws in the country where you can register as a friend, but there nobody knows it, basically. Colorado as well, yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. I, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, if two friends decide to get married, do they have to do they have to basically what kiss or have sex in front of the judge to like to prove that they're romantic? Like, I feel like ro- romance or intimacy comes in so many different lenses and, and, and experiences that I don't understand what the big deal is. I'm totally with you on this, uh, and that that's probably an interesting development, one where we convince courts to, like, wh- wh- why should two people have sex? Why does sex matter to, you know, if you have to distribute legal benefits? Many of these legal benefits are not based on sex. So, for instance, uh, if, uh, if my spouse dies, I will still get the survivor's pension regardless of whether I married him two days before. So, why, you know, again, why sex matters? I, I think you're right. What does the future of this all hold? Uh, that's a tricky question. Uh, I think we should look back to domestic partnerships. So many states are dismissing these laws after same-sex marriage because they're thinking that they're useless and that, you know, once we have same-sex marriage, we achieve full equality. However, I think that marriage cannot accommodate, you know, this variety of relationships. So we might want to look back to these more flexible, secularized, modern, egalitarian regimes where where any Two people, or even more than two people in the future, can register and gain a bundle of benefits. Because, you know, they are more modern. They don't have all these weird patriarchal legacies like uh, name laws or, you know, uh, these typical features that marriage has that won't change uh, quickly because it's a very, very traditional and ancient institution. So I think we should look back to domestic partnerships. All right, well, that was Nasika Palazzo, postdoctoral fellow in comparative law at Hebrew University, focusing on the regulation of intimate relationships. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Bye. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. One dad is showing his support for the LGBTQ community this Pride Month in honor of his son, This is a very sweet story. John Wyatt from Owasso, Oklahoma, posted a video on TikTok where he and his son, Caden, put up a pride flag in front of their home together. This is so cute. Oh, reminds me of the story that we covered a few days ago with that guy and his dad. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, parents coming together with their kids, which I love. As they should. Now, the flag the family put up is an ally flag with black and white stripes to represent the heterosexual cisgender community, the allies, and the typical rainbow colors of the pride flag in the shape of the letter A. He told Good Morning America that Caden asked if we could fly that flag, and we immediately bought the means to do so. We installed it together the same day and made that video. Now, uh, according to Wyatt, his wife and Caden went to the first ever Pride celebration there this past May. It was there that Caden saw the Pride flag and purchased it, for, purchased it for his home. And he said, last year, I didn't get to go to Pride. So this year, I wanted to celebrate in any way I could. And this is from uh, the young man, Caden. And so we just want to congratulate another parent on doing the right thing and being an example also in a place where not so many people support the community. We all know there's a lot of conservatives over there and those who have anti-LGBTQ sentiment. So good on this parent for doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. 
And that does it for our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And of course, our show today. We would love to hear from you. Slide into our DMs at LGT Show if you have anything to say about our show, if you want to say hi, if you want to recommend a topic for us to cover. And on tomorrow's show, we have singer-songwriter and trans activist Shia Diamond joining us. So exciting. Definitely stay tuned for that. Plus, how to tell if the way you and your partner fight is actually not okay. Yep, we are going there tomorrow. We are here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern weekdays. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. So join our podcast family. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's covering how to stop being a people pleaser. That's next. Bye, y'all. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.